Hello and good morning, everybody. This October 12th, 2023. Hope everybody's excited and ready for some hangouts and headlines. Hopefully I'll be able to hit all the correct buttons today. And we'll be talking a little bit about that as we go on through the show, because you might have seen in my community posts, I did make an apology for the last episode of Hangouts and Headlines, because I really do try to hit the right buttons and talk to the right people and, and acknowledge the generous super chats and other support that people give to the channel. And unfortunately, I missed the right buttons last time that we were together. And I'm sorry for that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But I'm going to do my best this morning. And hopefully we all have a good talk about fun things that are happening in our lives and are happening in the world and are happening with Disney, maybe. And speaking of the world, I do want to point out that I almost canceled Hangouts and Headlines this week because to me, the most important news of the day is, of course, the, the geopolitics and, and world situation in Israel and Palestine and Gaza. And I think that's the most important headlines out there right now. But I am certainly not qualified nor educated enough to speak with authority or to otherwise direct folks on how to think about that particular issue. And so I almost didn't want to do an episode this week, but I thought this was interesting enough to talk about the Disney Corporation and some of their, let's say, challenges this year and have that conversation with you all in a space where we're not going to talk about important stuff like politics. So good morning to everybody. I hope you're all doing well. And uh, as we get into it today, I hope this can be a bit of a respite from the real world situations that are handling that are happening across the earth. So good morning, everybody. And where are you all? I guess what chatting in from I've never found the right verb for that. Where are you all located while you sit in my chat today and hang out? Oh, and yeah, let's see if I can remember this right from the top. You all are always so fast here. A lot of folks gifting memberships. Shell, thank you so much for gifting memberships. Brentwood Chic is always gifting memberships. Hedgehog in Space, which I know is my mom's, Mama Hoglaw's favorite name in the chat because she loves hedgehogs as an animal so much. Thank you so much for becoming members, for gifting memberships. I appreciate you all so, so much. And on that, let's talk a little bit about community posts. So I'm trying to use the community post feature on YouTube a little bit more. YouTube seems to like it when I do that. So one of the things that we're doing is updating you on things that are happening outside of just virtual legality or the law or business and are happening a little bit more in my life, especially after the stroke and during recovery. I think we talked about it last time, but maybe we didn't. I graduated from occupational therapy a couple of weeks ago now. So I'm out of all physical rehab on a kind of institutionalized basis. I'm still doing exercises at home. I still need to keep track of that stuff and try to get better. But one of the goals that I had set this year, because I'm a little bit of a crazy person, as I think many of you know, is to try to do a 5K and try to get back to some of my running cadence that I was doing really before this last couple of years, before the pandemic. And so on October 1st of this year, I, along with many members of my family, quote unquote, ran a 5K. And I quote those that ran because for the most part, I walked really fast or fast for me at least, but I did do 5K, 3.1 miles. You can see if you're familiar with two hogs or better than one, my brother over here, 
And uh, this is my mom. And to the commenter that asked if this lady was single, uh, unfortunately for you, fortunately for her, no. She is my sister. And while this looks like it might be four hogs are better than one, it's actually three hogs are better than one and one Johansson because that's her married name. So, yep, the hogs were out in force in an arbor on October 1st, helping me get done with a 5K that I'm happy to say I finished in less than an hour. But for three miles, not that impressive of a time. Still very stoked about having done it. After all, it was earlier this year that I got uh, plaudits and applause from my therapist for walking 12 feet. So that was good news. And speaking of other things that have happened in my life, this week is actually my birthday week. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to do was go and visit the hospitals that I had stayed at earlier this year. And so my wife was very helpful in organizing that for me. And we went and visited both Ascension and Chelsea, the two hospitals you heard referenced in the stroke series and uh, the fundraiser. And they were able to show us some of the things that that the funds in the fundraiser had had gone to. And we got to say hi and thank you to my nurses and, and the people that had helped me so much in January and February. And that was really important to me. It was actually a as I described it to my wife, a complicated day. I was really happy to be doing it, but it is surreal to be back in those spaces. And certainly the ICU is wildly different looking from a, from a standing up perspective than it is being wheeled around in a gurney everywhere. And so that was, that was really eye-opening. I'm glad we got a chance to do it. I'm hopeful that we'll take some pictures with some of the equipment that the hospitals got because of the generosity of all of you in the community. Uh, and so hopefully we'll get to do that pretty soon, but those are not set up just yet. But it's been a very interesting week, believe me. Um, and uh, I wanted to share that with you all because it's important to me. And I, I, I'm a little emotional about it. It's, it's interesting to go back into those spaces and just realize how many people are out there just helping others and saving lives and, and changing people's fates. And I really think that's what they did for me. And I'm so thankful that we were able to do the stroke series and have a fundraiser for those hospitals and those people and those nurses and therapists are some of the most amazing people you will ever meet. And I'm sad that you don't all get to meet them and enjoy their company as much as I have. Uh, but if you did watch that stroke series and you saw the interviews with Hallie and Laura, they were available when I went to see the hospitals and they had a wonderful conversation with us all. And Hallie herself told me that she was using the stroke series to try to help people understand the process and and that it was really helping folks feel more positive about their possible outcomes and that's that really means a whole lot to me so that's my emotional start to hangouts and headlines i know that's why you're here to talk about strokes and stroke recovery and check your blood pressure people that's that's really the the most important thing out of this episode i'm sure but moving on just a little bit let's cover some of these super chats so that i don't forget them later as an empath or highly sensitive person, says Stephanie Coker, I need to curate my headlines, so I appreciate talking about things other than the war, so thank you. Yes, well, I I can appreciate that. It really did seem like it was the biggest news story, and I, I thought about doing it here and just decided that I wasn't the right person to have that conversation with anybody. So thank you, Stephanie. I'm, I'm hopeful this will be a good episode for you and for everybody. And I already hit the wrong button once. So Akrigi, thank you for the gifted memberships. I know I de-starred one already. So hang on one second. Brentwood Sheik says, thank you. Happy birthday, Hug. You're an inspiration to all of us. That's, that's an interesting statement. 
for me because I don't feel that way. I've talked to my wife about this. I don't feel inspiring. I've said it in the stroke series. I've said it here on the channel, but I feel like I was given a situation and a job to do. And I just tried to focus on doing what I needed to do every day and still trying to every day. But I tell you what, nine, 10 months in it's, it's, it's hard to keep up the grind on that. Um, and so thank you so much for saying that, uh, about me. I don't feel deserving of it, but I will try to be deserving of it as we go. Um, so the 5k I wanted to talk about, I also want to talk about speaking of, uh, Brentwood chic. Uh, I did put in the, in the community post, this apology. I forgot to check for super chats at the end of the writer's strike episode, the last hangouts and headlines that we did right now. And I really meant it when I said, I am able to do this thing that is such a dream for me, that is such an exciting thing for me to get to talk with folks like you and talk about these things, media coverage, business law, that I couldn't do without your support. I couldn't make it make sense to support my family, to keep the lights on, especially this year when, as you can imagine, it's been such a revenue reducing year for Hoaglaw and, and the Hogue family in general that I couldn't do it without your support. I just want to make sure that all of you know that I will do my best to acknowledge you. It's so, so important. And the fact that I forgot to hit that button really, really killed me that day. And so I know everybody was super kind in the comments and said, you know, you don't need to worry about it, but I do want folks to understand how important y'all are to me. And the fact that I missed that at least once makes me sad. I want to, I want to do better there. So I will continue to try to do that. And I appreciate it. Callista says, we'll have to replay through this, but have a great show. Thank you so much, Callista. And thank you so much, super chatters and, and members on the channel uh, and supporters at player and Patreon. I can't do it without you. I, it wouldn't make sense. I'm, I'm so appreciative of all the support that you all give. And I really wish it were easier to hit these buttons in the right order without screwing up something. So we'll work through this together. I'll try not to vocalize all my thoughts. <laughs> all right. And speaking of that, I said in that apology that I would try to set up some mechanisms to remind myself. We'll have a page like this at the front and end of the video. Hopefully it's not too much. I'm not trying to just troll for support and, and memberships and super chats. I'm just trying to remind myself to, to acknowledge the folks that deserve such great acknowledgement. And so I'll, I'll have this screen up at the beginning and end of the episode, primarily as a reminder to myself. But if you do want to support the channel, the like button is great. Subscriptions are obviously great. Memberships are great. Super chats are great. Play or Patreon. If you wind up liking this content, hopefully after we get to a little bit more content and not just me talking about stroke recovery, uh, please do hit any of those buttons, do any of those things. Every single little bit helps make this work, make this space work on the internet. And I'm pretty proud of it. I'm pretty proud of the community we've built. Reasonable Minds, Reasonable Minds differing certainly quite often, honestly. Um, and recognizing the humanity and those differing viewpoints and, and having these enjoyable conversations together makes my day, makes, makes all of this worth it. And I really appreciate the support from all of you making it happen. All right, everybody. So let's see here. <laughs> Hedgehog in space says it's okay to miss sometimes. Ask Rob how many times he forgets to unmute. <laughs> I, I do have a lot of unmute issues, certainly. And it's it's interesting 
to see on like the the podcasts I do, right? I did Bitcast, I do uh, Sacred Symbols Plus with Last Stand Media. I sometimes do Defining Duke. You'll see me in various places pop up, I think, especially as the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King deal seems to be coming to an end pretty soon. Might be even tomorrow. So we'll see when that happens. If it does, I'll be happy to get it done with, certainly. Not as happy as the people actually involved in the deal, I don't suspect, but it does happen that that playlist is the is the longest on the channel, and it will be nice to put a capper on it at some point, certainly. Loa S K O T C B M O T U aka Brit. Remember, I am always watching you. You can never escape the Lord of all he surveys, King of the Cosmos, benevolent master of the universe. Ah. I see. Okay. Thank you, Brett. I really appreciate it. And I did want to specifically apologize to you who put in the super chats that I missed uh, last time. Akaruki, who gifted subs. Uh, King of Chickens and either Christopher Lambert or Christopher Lambert, depending on the pronunciation that that person prefers, who are the super chats that I missed last time. And I will be doing my best to not do that again. We'll see how I do. We'll see how I do. But it's an interesting morning. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I was gone for the 5K, and then afterwards, my brother decided to, that it was a good week to take me out to celebrate the end of therapy, and so we just went to a cabin in Michigan, and we played board games, and we watched terrible free television, um, and it was a nice relaxation for the first time in, I don't know, nine months, really. So it was it was wonderful that my brother did that for me. And it was a great time, and I'm glad that we got to do it. All right. <laughs> Kelly approves of Britt's new name. So there you go, Britt. <clears throat> Hedgehog in Space says, to, to quote Titanic, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been 84 years with that Microsoft deal. And now they owe a lot of taxes. Well, they're going to fight that, yes, that there's a... There's a news item that the U.S. federal government has said they owe like $30 billion in taxes. They're definitely going to fight that. Generally speaking, when you have a difference of that high or significance, there's a major discussion point in the interpretation of one or more tax rules. And they're not always as obvious to either side as they probably should be when you're talking about that amount of money. Best board game of the vacation. That's a great question. You know... Uh, we started playing the Arkham Horror card game, which has you as um, like 1920s detective investigators figuring out what's going on with cultists in Arkham and, and whatnot. And that was really enjoyable. I have to be honest. My brother kicked my butt at every competitive game we played. Um, so I brought a set and he brought a set and we had a whole car full of board games that we took to this cabin. Um and for the most part, the cooperative games went a little bit better, but he was just relentless in kicking my butt. It's interesting because a lot of people like to have kid gloves and, and talk to me very gently this particular year. And sometimes that sometimes that worries me or bothers me. And my brother is not one of them. My brother's like, what? You're fine. You can you can take a loss like this. Uh, and he just he just was relentless in beating me at basically every board game. So he's a smart guy. Karanel says, Hogue, I've taught and reiterated that it's not glorious, it's not glamorous, it's not easy, we just need to keep going. Even if today's progress is minuscule, just keep going. I think that's right. 
Uh, there's a lot of days in therapy, especially where it doesn't feel like you're moving forward. It just feels like your, your shoulder won't go higher or you won't be able to do something with your hand. And what I found is it just gets better almost imperceptibly. And then it's just better, hopefully, uh, on, on these things. And I noticed that most with video gaming, right? So this is a gaming channel. I talk about law and games because I enjoy video games as a pastime. And when I started out in March, I couldn't do anything with my left hand at all. I, I couldn't play video games at all. And now, as of this last couple of days, I've defeated my first tier five nightmare dungeon on Diablo four, which if it sounds like a random set of words, I don't blame you, but we're getting there. We're doing pretty we're doing pretty good in the end game of that particular software product. Uh, and while my hand is not perfect, it's really, really close to where it was before. And that's that's really nice to feel. Ardo says, free TV, that is one ancient way of entertainment. Well, in fairness, it was like Google TV or Google Pluto TV. It was an internet-connected television with like Starlink satellite internet at a cabin in nowhere, Michigan. Um, and so we were watching things that we hadn't watched in a long time, certainly since my stay in the hospital to talk about free TV. Uh, and so that wound up being a lot of storage wars, which might be a show you remember. Generally speaking, we were looking for background noise, right? We're all used to living in houses with our families that tend to be a little bit louder than quiet. And so we were looking for background noise that wouldn't otherwise distract us from whatever we were playing. And so that wound up being storage wars. Just because, thank you for being a member for so long. Hogue, you've inspired me to and to mind my brain more. Increased headaches have sent me to a bunch of great doctors and things are improving. Hashtag migraines. I am so glad to hear that. One of, one of my favorite things, favorite and a little bit sad at the same time, is that I've been getting DMs and messages and emails and comments of people who have gone and had their blood pressure checked or gone to the doctor or realized that they were having a stroke earlier than I certainly would have and have gotten treatment much more quickly because of the stroke series, because of the conversations we have here. And I, that is just so heartwarming for me to hear. So if you're getting your headaches handled or your migraines handled or both, I think that's fantastic. And I hope that you live a wonderful life without having to deal with any of this stuff on the therapy side or the recovery side. Thank you so much, Just Because. Cookie Mon Steve says, we have faith and I'm hoping a certain level of understanding that some of these things happen and aren't intentional. Things get better. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely not intentional. Me, me missing super chats and memberships. No, I, I don't like doing that at all. I hope to never do it, but sometimes it happens. Uh, Britt, uh, no need to apologize to some crazy person like me. Hey, thank you for being a member for so long and thank you for all of the generous super chats. Uh, I will absolutely apologize because I couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. Tigerette says, ooh, Arkham. Yep, Arkham Horror is an interesting game to play with you know, someone who's trying to feel good and relaxed because you almost always lose an Arkham Horror game. And they're some of my favorites, and, and my brother knows that. Uh, but we were no exception. We, we lost pretty good. The, the world was subsumed in darkness. I can't remember exactly how. Tentacles, I think. Shadow Tentacles. Uh, but didn't win that one. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good game, but it is hard. 
and and Katie's glad my brother didn't take it easy on me. Honestly, it's interesting, but I'm glad too. Now, did he need to beat me by a hundred points in one of my favorite tactical games? No, probably not. Uh, but relentless, absolutely relentless. Were you up north or question mark? So, I mean, I live in Southeast Michigan. Basically everywhere is north. We were north, but not up north, right? There's, there's a conversation that we have in Michigan about what entails up north. I usually think of it as north of Lansing. Um, and we were not, we were not north of Lansing. Lexi says, I love that vacation. My friend brought over the card game Muffin Time this past weekend, and it was great fun. I love random little card games. I just got a card game for my girls called Wizard Kittens that we want to try out because my youngest loves cats, cat drawings, kittens. Um, and so hopefully that'll go well. But I, Muffin Time sounds like exactly the kind of game my girls would like. All right. Britt. Maybe now you are willing to admit that Titan is the greatest board game of all time and you were wrong last year. Um, I don't think I've ever played Titan, Britt, unless I'm thinking of something else. Um, but I can't admit it's the greatest board game of all time without having played it. So it's just my rule. Uh, my favorite board game, I think, is Eldritch Horror, which is kind of Arkham Horror across the whole globe. Um, and so I think that's my favorite board game right now, but I have a lot of good board games. We played a number of Return to Dark Tower games on this vacation, and we lost them all, um, but I love that game. That's a lot of fun. Uh, if you like like that old 80s mentality with a modern gloss up, Return to Dark Tower is a good game. Super Say, another tip in the excellent tip, excellent jar of yours. Thank you so much, Super Say. My trek through an epic antitrust continues. In the video I just started, Epic and Apple just put out their statement of fact sheets. So trial is soon. Going to get spicy. Great work. It really is going to get spicy. It hasn't stopped being spicy, as a matter of fact. Epic is appealing the decision to the Supreme Court. Now, is the Supreme Court going to hear it? I don't think so. I don't think it's very likely. But Epic is on a crusade in that particular playlist and in reality. So do enjoy. Rain Man, thank you so much for gifting memberships here. I love that to see people doing that. That's really very helpful. And I'm glad to see people enjoying being members here, seeing the little emojis we've got. I'm thinking potentially of doing members only streams. Uh, Emily D. Baker was kind enough to invite me to hers yesterday night to see how it works, to see what she does there. Um, and so if you would all be interested in that at all, I'd be thinking about doing it. Now, the one thing I would say is I probably wouldn't be talking about anything that would make a hangouts and headlines or a virtual legality in that space. I'd be trying to just talk about things that may be related to me uh, or, or my life or games, specifically actual games, not the business of games or the law of games. Um, so let me know in the comments or the chat, if you think that would be interesting, just trying to think of different things to do. And obviously having a, a six month break, in the middle of the year from doing videos has put me behind on a number of the things that people that have supported the channel through Playor and Patreon have, have purchased. So I want to get those done and I want to make sure that people get the sponsorships and other credit that they deserve for those. But after that, <clears throat> after that, I may be changing the tiers up. And one of the things that might be changed is we might do a member stream. 
Unstable Unicorns, Here to Slay, and other games by this company are really fun. You know, somebody got my girls Unstable Unicorns while I was in the hospital, and they enjoyed the heck out of it, and they brought it to me in the hospital. Now, I will say, <clears throat> when I was on the drugs they had me on, my brain was not at full power. It was not moving terribly fast. Um, and so even playing a game like Unstable Unicorns in the hospital was difficult for me at that time. Um, but they really love it. And I have played it once or twice. So good recommendation, eh? Uh, lots of board game recommendations in the chat. Thank you so much, everybody. I think that's fantastic. I love board games. Um, and if you're familiar, I've, I've mentioned the game Final Girl in this space a number of times. It's a solo board game, which is not generally something that I like at all, but it's my favorite uh, solo board game ever. And it might be one of my favorite board games ever. Uh, and it's really worked for me this year is something that I can play and enjoy. They're having a Kickstarter for season three right now. So Final Girl is a game that lets you play uh, as a victim in a horror movie that tries to save other people and then ultimately defeat the villain before the end of the game. And so it's divided into movies and killers. And so each season has five different sets of movies and killers. And this one is the third season. And so you can kickstart that right now if you want to get in on that for, I think, a reduction in price for the earlier seasons as well. Uh, this is not a sponsored video, although, hey, Van Ryder, Final Girl, if you want to come in and check it out. Happy to talk about Final Girl more often. I love it very much. Uh, but if you're interested, check out the Kickstarter season three. Very cool. Very cool. Brentwood says yes to member streams. A number of people think that would be a good idea. Um, so Hogue goes random member streams, please. Like I just say whatever pops into my head. I don't I don't know if that would be entertaining, but maybe. Uh, Kelly says it was lovely to see you in chat last night. Yeah, I wanted to stay longer, actually. I had a family thing come up in the middle of that stream, but it was really nice to see how Emily operates, what she does in that space. And, you know, in my opinion, she's one of the best at all of this. And so it's always good to get that opportunity to, to go and learn from people that are honestly better than you at something, right? That's been my whole career really is going and learning from senior partners at my firm and people that I respected. And that hasn't changed in YouTube land. Emily D. Baker is fantastic at what she does. Sibling creature, welcome to membership. Good to have you here. Okay. Habeck says, would love to hear your spoiler discussions of a game, for example, Starfield. So that could be a membership perk. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely talk about games more in that space than I do out here. I, I did do postmortems and impressions of games and movies and TV shows here for a while on the channel. Uh, obviously, this year has been a little bit different as I try to get back into speed of, of talking with you all about all these things. Honestly, <clears throat> even a video like this one, which I feel well prepared for and ready to have this conversation, is a different feeling than it used to be uh, in this space. Uh, and so I have to kind of get up for it and I have to fight through some of my issues with preparing for a video now in, in 2023. And so it's it's a little bit trickier than it used to be, um, but understand that I am I am fighting to to be here to do these things every day and trying to get stronger and more ready. And and I I love having these conversations. It's just a matter of of getting to the place where I can have them. Okay. Now, 
Gamer Ducko asks important question. Hogue, I need motivation. I was working on Final Fantasy 16, but then Final Fantasy 14 dropped a patch. Help me get back on track. I love trying to distinguish 16 and 14 on the fly, by the way, there. Roman numerals, everybody. Uh, help me get back on track. Well, Final Fantasy 16 has one of the strongest endings in the entire Final Fantasy series, in my opinion. And it's one that I've gone back to three or four times. Uh, so I, I think it's worth it to try to get to the end of Final Fantasy 16 so that you can experience that before heading back to Final Fantasy XIV, which is obviously a great game, but basically an endless content loop. So sixteen has an ending. I recommend getting to it, see the credits, see what everybody loves so much about it, and then go back to fourteen. That That is my motivation recommendation for you. Hey, S Girl Friday says, today is my birthday and I'm really enjoying spending it with you. Rick, how about movie watch videos? Uh, so like, like I have a movie on myself and I, I just respond to it on stream. I, I'd have to think about it. Uh, I think that's an interesting idea. I don't know exactly how that would look. Certainly on this channel, you've heard me say I don't do video clips very often. It's one of the areas where I think YouTube is perhaps a little too aggressive on demonetization and, and strikes on the channel and things. So I probably wouldn't put something on screen, but I will certainly keep it in mind. Mary says, Alita does the read the chat for members only stream is fun and we all get to say something and it's real time chat. Oh, okay. That, that, that is fun. It's, uh, I can just, I can just read it out completely. That, that would be interesting. Sardisms, hey, speaking of Final Fantasy, which should I go back to? The Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster or Final Fantasy VII Original? I love the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster primarily, not because of pixels, but because the orchestration is new. So Final Fantasy VI has some of my favorite music in the history of video games, and now you get it with a full orchestra is just really, really cool. I mean, you haven't lived until you've heard Terra's theme in full orchestration. So that's my recommendation. I love Final Fantasy VII, um, but Final Fantasy VI, Pixel Remaster, some of the best music you will ever hear. Sardism says, I know other streamers who do watch-alongs. Basically, you put a timer up and queue up the movie so people can up keep up in sync with you and discuss real time with no infringement. That's how I would imagine doing it, is you just have it on somewhere else, and then you, you kind of time yourself with somebody. Uh, I don't know whether I could pull that off or not, uh, but uh, it's certainly something to keep in mind. Love it. Thank you. Legal Bites is in the house. Says it is fun to do the talking with chats live. So I'll have to check out Alita's members only's too, is see what she's up to. A lot of my Daredevil fan friends want to see a Daredevil video game, which would be interesting. I think it would be great to have some kind of brawler game with an Ace Attorney plot line in the middle of it. That would be fun. Shereen says Alita does a hangout. Certainly not. Hangouts are absolutely trademarked here, right? The concept of a hangout? No? <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad to hear it. MZ, thank you for being a member for so long. Great to see you along with the Fun Hogue fam fast walking the 5K. Used to go on 5K family runs before the pandemic, and you're helping me do about it again. Yeah. Well, I, I love I love doing runs. Um I may not look it, but it was one of the things that I really enjoyed doing and planning for myself in the before times, before pandemic, 
I, I started doing runs, I think in like 2012, 2013, encouraged by my sisters primarily. Uh, but I really like the organizational aspects of it. I like training for them. I like having a goal set out there. I am a goal setter. Um, as my therapists would say, I am an achiever goal setter. That's often good for things like therapy and, and recovery. Not always so good in doing things in, in normal life and having to always have a next goal set, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. And we do have a guest here. You might have seen her in the chat just now. Hey. How are you doing? Here? Good. How are you? I am okay. We're having fun this morning. All right. I know you're talking about uh, some members only stuff. I know I love I love doing those those like weekly members only where we're just we're just kind of chatting with the chat and uh, talking about law, talking about other stuff. It's just it's fun. It's nice. It's a nice way to yeah. to uh, to get get a closer connection with folks. So yeah, I mean, I, conversational. I can totally understand. It was one of those things where when I started the channel. Well, first of all, when I started the channel, most of these buttons didn't exist, right? I think. One thing that people don't necessarily realize is that we're constantly learning new interfaces and new buttons and new options because all of these platforms are constantly changing things. Yeah. Um, and so I do try to follow you all in the legal space online because you always have great ideas and are doing different things with different buttons. Likewise. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at the end of the day, I had started the channel with the notion that I probably wouldn't do anything behind a paywall because I wanted to get more educational stuff out there. And it was you all that essentially made me realize that's great, Rick, but you can put non-educational stuff back there. Um, and yeah. while I sit here and say, I don't know who would want to chat with me about nothing, uh, apparently there are at least a few people who want to do that. So we yeah. might we might wind up adding that. Yeah. And also, I know I've, I've said this before, but um, on the subject of, of 5Ks and runs, I'm always open to be a running buddy <laughs> if you want to in a future race. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, running is probably a little bit too generous for what I was doing, especially during this last race, but. Whatever pace, whatever your pace, your pace is your pace. <laughs> my family specifically selected one that was running a marathon, a half marathon, a 10K and a 5K on the same course at once because the sweep time would be so slow for the 5Kers. It's like, yep, I appreciate that. That's good. But no, I finished my 5K in under an hour, which was all I was aimed at. Um, nice. And. Not super That's fast, awesome. but not, not horrible. I mean, for, okay. But like, just remember where you were on like January 1st. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you I, know, I was like, rewarded for, for 12 feet. Not and like so, nine months, nine months later, you're running a full, like a, you know, running or jogging or run walking, like however you want to put it, you know, you, you are going for a full 5k. Like that's, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. Like whatever your pace was, it doesn't matter. You, you have reset like what your, what your goal pace is and what your like, what your metrics are for like what to shoot for. No, I appreciate that. No, I I'm proud of it. I, I just, every time somebody says I ran a 5k, I'm like, well, we can all agree. Much, you, 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 ran, running. <laughs> you ran, you ran it, you ran it. You, it, there may have been, there may have been certain spurts of, of walking in between. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think there may have been certain spurts of jogging in between, but no, you're, all, <laughs> you're all very generous. Uh, no, in all honesty, I, I, my mom was along for this and I had promised that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't leave her, which I did, but only because my brother showed up and uh, he was walking with her. Then I, I was way ahead and he came up to visit me. And then 
poor mom was left back there and I couldn't tell Tom to leave. So it was, it was quite the uh, interesting morning, but no, it was, it was gorgeous. It was October 1st. Um, So it was really pretty here. It was warm for October. It was sunrise. Most of these runs that you do folks are really early in the morning. So Mm -hmm. especially to get to a place, you have to wake up really early, get prepared, get stretched, get out there. And then it's like sunrise, but it was, it was sunrise in Michigan on a crisp fall day. It was wonderful. Um, and it, it, it felt good to get done. It always feels good to get done with a run. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was super nice. I love runs because I love that organization. I love that energy. There's always yes. kind of crazy stuff at the starting line. People have like rock concerts and huge speakers and everybody's yeah. very excited. They always have a, a, you know, if you've been in like a studio audience for a sitcom or a talk show, they've got that comedian that pumps people up. At a run, they have somebody that just kind of yells at you and says, like, are you fired up? We're going to run so fast today. You're going to set personal bests. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. It can, hot, it can be overwhelming, too. Birthday, drink water. <laughs> it can be overwhelming, too. I, I like sometimes at depending on depending on the race and depending on the distance, sometimes I, I also get like emotional at the at the finish line when I when I finish a race. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like it's like because I, like my brain has just been so focused on like, all right, like like try to finish, 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 you know, or finish under a certain time that like I get like two steps past the finish line. And all of a sudden I'm like bawling my eyes out, like very happy, but like bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on? But it's like my body's just like releasing tension or something. I don't know. Yeah. But there's there's a there's a lot of emotion there. I mean you could you can feel it too. Like and some races are 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 like they have they have more of it than others. That's one of the reasons why I love running Disney half marathons because people will have signs along the way. And not to, I mean that that's common for any half or full marathon um or a lot of other shorter distances too. But um, but with Disney ones, it's like people are dressed up in character. People are dressed up in character while running. Like it's just, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Like there's this energy that kind of is, is it goes to 11 <laughs> at those races. Yeah, no, it's like a party. It really is. And, yeah. uh, that's one of the reasons that I started doing them more often is I really liked that. It, it almost feels like a, an old school field trip kind of kind of vibe because you got up yeah. so early in the morning. You don't quite feel right that early and you get up to it. And yeah, the, the run has your adrenaline going and that'll last at least for me, maybe a mile. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, and then you get into the, you get into the weeds, you get into the long distances. And yeah, I remember when I set foot on the finish line of my half marathon, it was like an explosion of, uh, whatever the heck my body was doing, but yeah, it's super, super emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So no, I, yeah, I, I would absolutely love to do a run, uh, with you at some point. This was really kind of late in organization. My sister, to understand how my sister operates, uh, she texted me one Saturday morning at like seven in the morning. I think it was the, I think it was the Michigan Wolverines football first game. So I wasn't thinking about it at all. She's, she's interacting with me. She's asking me if I want to do a run. And then at some point I say, well, what would it cost? And her, and then she goes away for a while, and then the dots come up and says, "Nothing for you. I just bought it." And I <laughs> said, "No, no, I didn't. I didn't agree to it. I just asked what it cost." Uh, and she said, "No, that was you agreeing." I said, "Okay, fantastic." Uh, and then we set that up, and it was basically the same time that I knew I was going to end therapy for the year. And so we just kind of planned a whole. 
this is this is a change in life, next phase kind of thing. Nice. Um, for that awesome. weekend. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been great. Uh, it's been interesting thinking about what's next and, and getting back into videos and, and law uh, and, you know, making the budget work and the finances. I know EDB yesterday and her members only was talking a lot about taxes at the end. So this is the extension mm -hmm. deadline for taxes uh, in the United States. That's and right. so like her, I'm on extension because I could not get my taxes done in, by April 15. <laughs> and so we're doing that now. Very much you, fun you, for everybody You had a involved. few things going on. <laughs> I did have a few things going on. I have a lot of excuses this year, but I don't like making them. Um, Fair. And so we're, we're doing the taxes. Lots of fun stuff here in October. Birthday week. Speaking of emotional, visiting the hospitals where you had brain surgery and had your life saved and the therapists who are like the best people on earth. That that was an emotional day for me that I, I wasn't really expecting to be that complicated, but... Mm. It's certainly interesting to go through all these things. And Mrs. Hogue Law was there and fantastic as always. Put help put together care packages. She's a wonderful person, as I know all of you already know, but she wanted everybody that gets into inpatient therapy as a caregiver to have a blanket and some of the things that she was missing when she was at the hospital. So she prepped care packages for oh. every bed in the place. So oh. we came with a cart of 24 care packages Amazing. Uh, and uh, help give them to the uh, hospital manager. I almost said hotel manager. It's not a hotel. <laughs> it's the worst hotel out. ever. <laughs> no, it is. It is the worst hotel ever. But uh, they were super thrilled with that. They talked about the machines that they got from the fundraiser. Uh, and you guys will be happy to know that the, the physical therapy inpatient at Chelsea Hospital essentially bought what we're calling a big video game. Nice. Um, with that sponsored money and, and my wife thinks it's a fantastic, um, a fantastic thing for them to have purchased, um, from our fundraiser in particular. Uh, but I, we joke that it's a video game, but it's a, it's an acuity vision, occupational, physical thing with like lights and you have to punch them. Um, and sounds so like a video game. Yeah, it, it, well, a lot of therapy is game playing. Uh, so makes sense. therapy. I have a lot of like tiles that I had to manipulate and a lot of pegs I need to put it in a holes in specific ways. And it was it was a very interesting thing to learn. And therapists are fantastic people. Uh, and I'm so, so glad that we were able to fundraise things that are going to help so, so many folks because of you in the community. They're going to help so many people. And the stuff that they got at Chelsea is going to be used by all the therapy groups and they're so excited and honestly we had people come up to us that weren't there when i was there therapists and, and nurses and people that were just almost tearing up crying with thanks about how wonderful you all are to help make that money for those hospitals so i wish you all could have been there with me uh but it was certainly a lot that's, I mean, it's amazing because it's like when, when, you know, we, we've, we've done these things where, where we've raised money together for stuff, you know, and it's, and it's always a great feeling when you see the numbers go up, but seeing what they've actually used with it is also amazing. And even more amazing, I would say, because it's like something in the, in the real world that is tangible that you can see that it's like, this is something that exists now here in this place that is being used by these people because of the generosity of this whole community. It's awesome. No, absolutely. And and you can see Hallie, my physical therapist, who I interviewed as part of that stroke series, was so excited to show me some of the things that she got and how she uses them for her 
for therapy uh, patients right now. And it was, it was fantastic. It was overwhelming, honestly. I, I, and I, I know you've heard me say this before, but they treat me way too kindly. It's like, it's all you guys. And I really appreciate everything that you've done for those hospitals. Man. Awesome. But I will say Mrs. Hoaglaw is, is an incredible, incredible person. She also can be a bad influence because she's the reason why I have all of these candles in my office. <laughs> oh, oh, those are the ones you saw for our, uh, for our video game uh, yes. session. Yes. Yeah. My wife likes to decorate for video game releases. So, she, I mean, you know. it was great when, when I was, when I was there in February and, uh, and the Harry Potter game had come out, she bought all of those hanging candles and in the basement had hung them up and then had the whole theme party for Harry Potter and everything. And so I remember I was like, Ooh, I need these. I need these for Halloween. And then we were even talking about like the floating keys. And I, I would, I've been on the fence about that one. I actually decided I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back on it, but I had to get the candles. I have them here and I have them over our dining room table and it is 100% because of Mrs. Hoglaw. <laughs> I think we only took them down like this month. We had them up since February. So now's yeah, the no, time I, to put them up. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, I think like most things we, we set up decorations and then they last for a while and then, and then that's we take fair. them down. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's why I like to get an early start on them so I can feel like they've been up for a long time. And then by the time that, I mean, that's why like Christmas in the Bites household often starts like early November. That's when we sure. slowly start trickling out with, with decorations. Oh yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, and I have no problem with any of that. I have no problem with the candles being in my space for six months. Uh, <laughs> I am not in a position to complain about anything. Uh, but, uh, no, it was, it, it, it's nice to see. And yeah, it was, it was nice to have you around for that period of time. Uh, if folks don't know, Alita came to visit me almost immediately after coming home from the hospital, uh, and, uh, was just fantastic. I still sit in chairs that we call the Alita chairs because she helped <laughs> assemble them, um, in my home. Uh, and so, uh, no, it was, it was wonderful to see you. I'm glad to see the candles have made their way over to you. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see you again. We can definitely do a 5K or heck a 10K at some point. Let's do um, it. And uh, that'd be great. Yeah, that that will be awesome. I like just being me says Christmas in my heart starts, house starts October 1st, probably in her heart as well. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody not to decorate how you want. It's your house, life's too short, right? Exactly. So, if you want to enjoy Christmas for three months, enjoy Christmas for three months. I love October. I love Halloween. I love spooky stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I get deeply into October. We watch scary movies every Friday night. Not me and Mrs. Hoglaw, a friend of mine. Mrs. Hoglaw does not like scary things. Uh, so a friend of mine and I watch scary movies and spooky stuff throughout the month of October, and we have a good time doing it. That is What's certainly your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie? Yeah. Are you gonna, you're not going to like ghost face me here, are you? Um, okay. Uh, my favorite scary movie. I like Existential Dread. So mm. like my favorite of the big budget scary movies is probably Annihilation. Okay. Um, because it's very much focused on kind of dread. Uh, I don't love jump scares or gore. They don't do much for me. Uh, so I tend to focus on things that are psychological in nature. 
Okay. Uh, I was going to say I can, I can do psychological thrillers because they, it's like a puzzle for my brain, but I, I, I can't like, I, I remember trying in college to watch the first saw movie with my roommates and like within 10 minutes, I was like, Nope, I gotta, I gotta go. I got, I gotta get out of here. You guys, you guys can sit here in our dorm and watch this. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, but other than that, it's like my version of Halloween is like the Disney and Martha Stewart kind of end of the Halloween spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> but logical no. thrill thrillers I can do. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, yeah, I think we talked about that. You don't love scary movies. Yeah. Um, my favorite is yeah, I maybe uh, something like triangle or other things that involve twists and spookiness. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just recently watching um, American Horror Story, which ah. is which is way not in my wheelhouse usually because it's it's ultra campy and over the top. Uh, but I really like the first season of it, um, mm -hmm. Murder House. Um, Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights, Mrs. Coach. Ah. Uh, I can't recommend it as objectively good to anybody here in chat. Um, but if you're looking to be spooked out, it's a pretty good season of television. It mostly makes sense, which is not something I can say for all horror. <laughs> all right. All right. Makes sense. All right. Now, who wants to talk about the real horror? Disney's <laughs> stock price. <laughs> we got lots of excitement. Let's here. do it. Speaking of Disney Halloween. <laughs> That's right. So let's see if I can get the scrolling correctly here. Uh, so I was already thinking about talking about this because it was hitting close to video games and you could see it in the second headline on the thumbnail. But Disney's going through a lot of tumult right now because frankly, they are having trouble with the post-pandemic world of making money in things like theme parks and their streaming service and they're re- evaluating what their company is. And so this Hollywood Reporter article came out, I think it was yesterday, yep, yesterday. And it says that they're essentially trying over on how they make Marvel television for Disney Plus, which I thought was really interesting for a number of reasons. One of which is the Hollywood Reporter is a trade. It's focused on the business of making movies and television. So one of the things you'll see here is that this is Close, closer to the hit piece side of the spectrum than kind of the, the pupping piece. But because Disney is such a big player, you'll also get a lot of language in, as we see here in the subheadline, uh, excuse making for Disney, talking about how they did all this during the pandemic quite often, uh, and that they're resetting now to what is a more traditional TV business model, which also goes along with what the Hollywood Reporter would generally advocate for, right? They they talk to the studios. They're, they're a trade uh periodical for the studio system for hollywood in general so you get this kind of both sides now version of an article like this that says oh disney made a lot of stupid choices and look how silly they were being but also it was during the pandemic so disney you're fine but also they're going to make tv like we make tv now too because that's the smart way to do it right everybody and so it's a really interesting article it didn't take long to see the problem after Marvel Studios' Daredevil Born Again paused production in mid-June during the writer's strike. Fewer than half of the series' 18 episodes had been shot, but it was enough for Marvel executives, including Chef, Chef, yes, Chef, Chief Kevin Feige <laughs> to review the footage and come away with a clear-eyed assessment. The show wasn't working. 
Now, this is a kind of crazy paragraph for anybody that follows these things anyway, because generally speaking, you don't have the executives of the company making a show or movie or anything else wait till half of it had been shot to take a look at the footage that they'd been shooting. That's right? not the ideal. <laughs> no. No, and, and this is going to be treated a bit like a revelation for Disney and Marvel, that like, oh my gosh, we should use showrunners and maybe we should think about what the story is going to be before we start filming it. Um, but obviously that's not a revelation to anybody looking at it from the outside. And it's not a revelation to other businesses, right? You don't generally expend $150 million before deciding what it is that you're buying. Uh, and so some of this is written like, aren't they silly people over there at Disney? And I think the other context for an article like this that people should remember is that Marvel kind of came out of nowhere, especially in, a, in 2008 to when was Endgame? 2018. And, uh, uh, and some of the studio system, some of the people that weren't getting those Marvel bucks, weren't Iron Man money, weren't getting Endgame and were having their movies not get as much money or not get as much uh, attention as they thought they deserved, don't love Marvel and Disney just rolling in and taking over the entire Hollywood sphere for so long. And so some of this is a little bit um, enjoying the failures of, of a studio that that came in and had immediate success. Yeah, I, I hear echoes of Martin Scorsese <laughs> in yeah, here and he his, his big criticism that he's like, it's not cinema, it's not film, it's a roller coaster ride. Yes. <laughs> He is one of the most vocal critics of the Marvel success. Now, he is releasing a three-hour movie uh, this coming fall that he's also defending on, on the length, uh, on the grounds that people will sit and watch binge TV for longer than that. Hmm. So, I mean, he's an interesting figure in movies, certainly. Yeah. Um, the Daredevil revamp is the latest in a series of growing pains for Marvel television. It's released more than 50 hours of TV programming after creating a small screen division from the ground up during the pandemic. You see, again, this language a lot. Through it all, the company has skewed the traditional TV making model. It didn't commission pilots, but instead shot entire $150 million plus seasons of TV on the fly. It didn't hire showrunners, but instead depended on film executives to run its series. And as Marvel does for its movies, it relied on post-production and reshoots to fix what wasn't works at working. They'll fix it in post. Marvel's pretty known for that. Even though they remain, along with the Star Wars titles, the most watched shows on Disney+, Marvel series have recently faced a number of creative challenges and cries of diminishing returns from critics and audience metrics. Causing a major shift at the studio to make TV shows the more traditional way. And thank you, chat, for reminding me that I left the chat on screen. Don, I'm going to put this up there because thank you for the super chat, but I'm going to remember to take it off because you are reminding me to take it off, so we're going to do those things <laughs> together. Look at us. Look at the teamwork here in the chat, Alita. Isn't this amazing? Makes Hang the out some headlines, folks. <laughs> Marvel series have recently faced a number of creative challenges and cries of diminishing returns. Just read that sentence. But I think it's interesting because one of the things that's happening at Disney that we'll talk about is that Disney has lost a lot of its stock value, right? So here's Forbes. Disney stock currently trades at $85 per share, about 58% below its pre-inflation shock high of about $202 seen on March 8th, 2021. The sell-off has been driven primarily by Disney's streaming business, which faces multiple headwinds. While Disney has invested considerably into the business, it remains deeply loss-making with its subscriber count in recent quarters declining amid mounting competition and the loss of crucial cricket streaming rights in India. Didn't think you'd hear that today, did you? Yeah, no. it was not Disney on the bingo card. Right, and that's crucial to their stock price. Maybe. Who am I to say Forbes is wrong? 
but uh, yeah, you see that there's a number of kind of excuses already built in here, streaming being the biggest, but one is inflation. Of course, inflation is a problem for the stock market, not just because dollars are being reduced in value, but because it creates a, a period of uncertainty. You don't know what the proper investments are because you don't know exactly what's going to happen with the monetary supply or the value yeah. of your dollar and whether you should be investing in anything at all or buying real assets. And so all these companies, not just Disney, have to face inflation shock in the market because investment dollars are being held as people wait for more certainty in their market before investing. So that's what they mean when they talk about inflation shock. But overall, the point is that Disney's value is significantly reduced in the secondary market, the market where people buy stock in their company. And a lot of it is driven by the fact that they've never been able to make their money back in streaming. So when you have an article like this come out in The Hollywood Reporter, nothing looks terribly good for Disney right now. They have an individual at the head of their streaming, Brad Winterbaum, that says, we're trying to marry the Marvel culture with the traditional television culture. It comes down to how can we tell stories in television that honor what's so great about the source material? And reasonable minds can differ on how successful they've been on Disney+. Plus, But this particular reasonable mind doesn't love most of what they've done with their series. I like WandaVision enough, but it didn't have an end ending, which probably goes with some of this article here where they didn't they didn't understand what they were making while they made it. Secret Invasion was terrible. Uh, I like Hawkeye. Moon Knight has the same problem as WandaVision. It kind of goes halfway and then changes to a completely different show. Hmm. She-Hulk I only watched a few episodes of uh, because I wasn't really interested in a comedy uh, from these makers and it, and it didn't turn out yeah. to be what I wanted. Um, yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is god awful. I'll just say, I, I will I will say that in this space. If you love it, good for you. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I yeah. really, really don't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <clears throat> yeah. No, I think, I think, I, I feel like Loki was the last one that I saw, but I know I saw the, the Hawkeye show as well. And I think that was afterwards. I enjoyed that one. She-Hulk, I watched one episode and it's, it's bad because it's like, you would think that me as a female attorney, there would be a lot that I would identify with because that's what the main character also is. But it certainly helped. Yeah, I, I could. I I felt like I I couldn't empathize with the character at all. So I was like, I, I don't really care what happens to her. So I, I after like an episode, maybe maybe two, no, I think it was just one episode. I I fell away. So and and I think after that, I, I didn't see Moon Knight. I saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was. I kind of, I kind of felt like I was like watching it just, just to, just to check the box, which is not what you want to be doing with your time, with any kind of content, with any kind of, you know, entertainment. So, anyhow, yeah. The quality oh, is falling so. away. Re reasonable minds can differ. I mean, they certainly have spent a lot on the production value on a number of these shows, uh, but I don't know that they've ever really thought about what it is that they intend to make. Loki season one. You know, ends with a long exposition sequence. Uh, and um, I really just didn't wind up loving that experience. Now, I've seen the pilot to season two. I'm thinking that they might have it a little bit more ready to go this season, hopefully. But it's way too early to say. Marvel plans to keep some scenes and episodes from their Daredevil project, though other serialized elements will be injected with the current producers becoming executive producers on the two-season series. Those who work with Marvel on the TV side have complained of a lack of central vision that has, according to sources, begun to afflict the studio's shows with creative differences and tension. TV is a writer-driven medium, says one insider familiar with the Marvel process. Now, we've talked about this in this space a lot. 
This flag here, one insider familiar with the Marvel process, is about as weak of a source as you can name in this context. It's anonymous. It doesn't even say they work for Marvel. Familiar with the Marvel process can be basically anybody that works with them uh, and isn't terribly useful as a quote. So it's interesting that like TV as a writer-driven medium is not something that you necessarily need to source, period. But if you're going to source it, it's not terribly useful to source it from an anonymous insider familiar with a process. The next quote isn't illuminating either. Marvel is a Marvel-driven medium. One hopes that this insider is not a writer for that little idiom. But um, I, I think what they're trying to say is that they have never focused on writing TV shows. And you'd think that movies are also a writer-driven medium in, insofar as stories are important. But I think what Marvel has found is that their intellectual property is more important than their story. And so they were trying to bring that to television and it just wasn't working out for them. You see that they had issues at Moon Knight where the show creator and writer quit. And then they had issues at She-Hulk Attorney at Law where the developer and writer was sidelined once the director was hired. Um, and then you see excuse making again, production was challenging with COVID hitting cast and crew. And you see another during the pandemic here, but basically this is an article that summarizes all the issues Marvel has had throughout all of its production processes and that it's ditching everything that's been done on Daredevil to bring in new people. This change was felt most severely on Secret Invasion. Kyle Bradstreet, a writer and executive producer on USA Network Emmy winner Mr. Robot, which I highly recommend, Mr. Robot is excellent, had been working on the scripts for Secret Invasion for about a year when he was fired after Marvel decided on a different direction. See, it's a, it's a common refrain in this particular article that they did that a lot. Enter new writers to crack the story. So far, so normal, at least by Marvel's creative development standards, but details are murky. What happened next in the summer of 2022 debilitated the production as factions became entrenched and leaders vied for supremacy during Secret Invasion's production in London. Oh, geez. It was weeks of people not getting along and it erupted, said the insider. And this is where you kind of feel like this article is where the gloves are coming off, right? I mean, like this isn't probably news to Hollywood Reporter and they might have even done short form articles on this kind of thing. But putting them all together here is really painting a, a picture of a kind of dysfunctional Marvel and Disney setup. All to lead to, as it moves forward, Marvel is making concrete changes in how it makes TV. It now has plans to hire showrunners. Gao's post-production work on She-Hulk helped Marvel see that it would be helpful for its shows to have a creative through line from start to finish. You don't say. <laughs> right? You mean like, a, not... like a vision of the end when you start? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, this paragraph is designed to read that way. Yeah. Am I frozen or is everyone else frozen? Is it me? Okay. Hogue is frozen. Rick is frozen. Okay. Sorry. I've been like sitting here silently because, <laughs> because I was like, oh, it, it might be me. Um, okay. Rick froze. Pause for a minute while he reboots. <laughs> there you are. Now there's two Ricks. One is frozen. One's unfrozen. This is going great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, the good news folks is that that wasn't actually me hitting a button wrong. So that I didn't freak out and suddenly cancel the entire show. <laughs> the bad news is that was my browser crashing completely. <gasps> oh no. And, and so all of the all of the tabs that you saw ready to go are no longer ready to go. So we'll see if oh, we can no. rebuild this in reverse. Okay. 
Do you want me to? I'll, I'll, I'll distract everyone with an awesome dance while you do it. That's that's right. Do an awesome dance, Alita. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody, look at Indy. She's super cute right now. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. That sucks. I hate it when that happens. Oh yeah, when that's either, the dream. Either either the internet craps out or or the browser just. Ugh. That's why I often I often like ahead of time will save them into folders on my browser uh just to make sure that i have like quick access to stuff just in case because i i feel like i've run into all kinds of problems like that um but yeah bummer i like this kind it's, uh, it's just designed to give me the marvel experience right i had an ending i had other articles ready they're gone now we're going to try to put this together on the fly <laughs> nice we'll see how we do um yeah oh there's a question judy you got this with brady's indie india is she's a mix she's a she's a a chocolate lab mix is basically what i say she's probably like mostly chocolate lab but then there's something else she was a street puppy when we when we got her so if you can believe it um but uh but yeah <laughs> shireen yeah i do know these issues very well <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, I I deal with this kind of stuff all the time on my streams, especially with like for whatever reason, the internet that I have right now, it it tends to crap out on me during live streams. I'll freeze up all the time or just yeah, all kinds of things happen. It's like it's like I feel like every other live stream almost at this point. I've never had the browser completely explode. Yeah, that's that is that is kind of a unique one. Um Tiger or Tigerette, do you bring Indie out on runs with y'all. Yes, actually I do. Um, it's it's easiest when I can when I can actually like let her off leash. So when there's like a woodsy area or an outdoorsy kind of area where nobody really cares. Um, and thankfully there is there is an area like that by us where we can actually pick up a lot of miles. So especially in the last I want to say like the last month or it's two two like month and a half maybe. I've been I've been taking her for like three to five miles. Um, with that so which is great because otherwise she's got a lot of energy that she kind of needs to burn so um yeah and then she can socialize with other other dogs that are wild dogs that might be friendly might not be friendly um and then also other people who are running and walking and are completely surprised that there is a dog that is running directly at them not realizing that she's just playing with them. So that's always a fun experience is like trying to explain to people in another language, like, no, no, she's just playing. <laughs> she's not going to attack you. I promise. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. The good news is that many of the highlights have stayed. <laughs> good. That's also good. So. <laughs> Shireen, we'll Alita showing Hogue how we hang out on Legal Bites member streams. Yeah, this this is literally what I do during during my member streams. Is I'm I'm reading the chat and I just I just I just answer each one. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> uh, it is totally okay. <laughs> I appreciate the help, Alita. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you you've you've helped me when when I have panicked because an entire stream got somehow taken down and I was like kicked out of the street. Like I, these things have happened. As I, well. I, I think you recall singing Barbie Girl on one of those. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I, I, I believe it probably. I can believe it happened. I'm not going to make you sing Barbie Girl. <laughs> I'm a Barbie Girl. 
in a Barbie world. That's fine. I can still sing it. <laughs> got Alita and Rick talk about the Barbie movie. <laughs> what a stream. Nice. Nice. Jerry says, nice. it makes the best streams. I, it makes it the most exciting, certainly. I have adrenaline. <laughs> All <laughs> Definitely right, well, does. Uh, we'll figure this out. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, Don Lineheart, you should consider getting a second indie cam and just keep a small box of her on stream at all times. I actually usually on on my channel I do that. Like I I have I have a I have a separate like an like an iPad that'll place right here and it'll just be on her. Half the time she likes to get out of the chair and like go elsewhere, so sometimes it's just the empty chair. But yeah, it's 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 nice. I like ha I like having the indie cam. Oh, and Tigaret, are you coming? To WDW for RD WND Half Marathon champ, uh, Challenge, um, Walt Disney World. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't looked at any of the races in in quite a while. But that's one thing that I I, I want to start doing at some point again. I'm. I, it's been too long since I ran a race, so I'm I'm feeling the itch. So, yeah, training is useful. My my therapists were in favor of it. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, especially folks, if you're I like if you're a scheduling kind of person and a goal oriented person, you can definitely schedule your plan and map all of it out. Yeah, right, I ahead. had I had all those set up so that I would be running four point five miles the week before the five k. Nice. Because if I can give anybody any advice, train for more miles because. There's walking at the front end. There's walking at the back end. I, when I did a Disney half marathon, my my run keeper mileage keeper thing uh, recorded me with like 21 miles of having actually been walking around because of how much they move you around where the starting line is and how to get mm. back to your car and buses. So definitely train more than than your actual just distance because there's more standing up and being a human being than you expect. That's fair. That's fair. Now, I want to tell folks that <coughs> excuse me. For whatever reason, the StreamYard is not putting my screen up. It's blacking out when I try. Oh no. Uh, so, I may have to go without article help on this headlines episode. Ooh. Um, which I can read on my end, I think, but I can't share with you all. So, I'm mm. sorry for that. I think actually one of the ads on one of these tabs is blowing everything up based on how these, how my screens are reacting. Hmm. So apologies for that. No worries. No worries. Working through some, some technical stuff. Also Kurt's in the chat. Hey Kurt. Good to see hey, you. Kurt. Yes. My, uh, my tabs on my other screens are all different areas of black and ads and then various words only occasionally so my computer is not having a great morning so we'll, we'll just you, read through as if you guys can see this do so you want to do you want to set or you can i just thought about this do you want to send the links to me in the private chat and then i can show it on mine it won't have the highlighting but it would at least have it would at least have the 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 stuff maybe I don't know, honestly. I think I think that might be too tricky to coordinate with you, kind of highlighting the uh, or or sliding the articles where I am. Okay. Um, That's fair. I have I have like ten 
ready. So we'll see. We'll see okay. how it works, folks. Thank you so much for the offer, Alita. Yeah. No so worries. there won't be an article up on your screen, people, and I apologize for that, but I will not be making these up. I'll still be reading from them. So when our stream got so unhappily displaced just now, we were reading that the Hollywood Reporter is telling us that Marvel is making concrete changes to consider having a creative through line from start to finish when they make a television show, which is written here in its intentionality to be read like it's silly, right? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna make sure that they have a story in place. Um, but it is a good thing for people that like stories. And I'm hopeful that it will improve the output of Marvel and maybe it could be useful for Star Wars as well. We need executives that are dedicated to this medium, says Winderbaum, who you remember is the head of streaming, that are gonna focus on streaming, focus on television, because they are two different forms. I think that that quote's probably taken slightly out of context. I, I think that's as opposed to comic books or movies. Hmm. Um, but suffice it to say, Marvel is going to be making television, or they say they, to the Hollywood Reporter, they're going to be making television like everybody else does, with a showrunner, a show bible. Showrunners will write pilots and show bibles. The days of Marvel shooting an entire series from She-Hulk to Secret Invasion, excuse me. <coughs> then looking at what's working and what's not are done. So we'll have to see. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. But Marvel and Disney are going through growing pains, spending too much money to bring in too few subscribers, and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. I mean, having good storytelling is usually a, a good thing that people look for with any kind of content, any kind of medium, that's usually the case. Yeah, I think so. And certainly writing has been suspect on these things. As I said, part of my problem with WandaVision <coughs> and with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that their stories don't seem to match up. Like you get to the end and it wasn't what you started on. It doesn't make sense if you look at it in the whole. And I used mm -hmm. to have this problem with a show that I like called 24. That was very popular. Mm -hmm. Starred Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. And what I used to tell people about 24 was that any given episode of it pretty much made sense from, from beginning to end of the episode. But when you tried to put the whole story together of a season, which was ostensibly taking place over one single day, you could yeah. tell that like they hadn't thought about it at all. Like you get a secret call early on and it's from some unknown voice and they'll explain later that it's this person, but that doesn't make sense for what they said. And that's, that's, uh, that's throughout that show. And I, I think huh. the Marvel shows have that even more acutely because they're only six or nine episodes long and they still lose track of the plot. And the people in chat saying, I need tea. I, I'm drinking tea. I'm just not as used to speaking at length with you all as I used to be. So I have to get my stamina back up. So I appreciate you working through with me with this as well. Chrissy says 24 was just key for shooting people in the knees. He did do that a lot. He did do that a lot. <laughs> but I did like 24 back in the day. I, for those that don't know, those were big launches when they happened. Like they, they were, Fox made a big deal out of them. I remember. I, I yeah, I, I caught like episodes here and there because I think my parents watched it pretty religiously, but I, I didn't watch it long enough to to be able to detect like the difference in in the through line that you're talking about. 
but yeah, they would plan a plot for what seemingly was like 13 or 15 episodes. And then there'd be like a new secret leader that was above that plot. It's like, well, half the things that happened in the early season of the show don't make sense now, but uh, you never go back, right? You just don't think back to the whole show. And so yeah. I do. And that this was a problem when they came out on DVDs because you could, you could take in the whole show in a way that you weren't when you were watching week to week. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is I, I wonder if they were like, well, who's going to remember this a month from now if they're just watching it once and they're like without anticipating that there would be a development in technology later that people would, would be watching it in a completely different way. But with Disney Plus, with streaming, that that is how people watch it is they binge it. I mean, even even if like these shows come out, you know, in in like a drip format, like once a week, you know, like a more traditional format. You still have a lot of people that will say, yeah, 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 that's great. But I'm going to wait until like halfway through the season so I can binge it because that's that's how I prefer to watch it. Yep. And I think a lot of people do. But yeah, 24, 24 would sometimes make up plot lines because they had to have all the characters doing something. This is famously known in season two as when Kim gets attacked by a cougar in the California mountains. Not not an old lady. An they actual, exist also in the California mountains. <laughs> an actual mountain lion. Uh, and because I didn't know what to do with her for a period of time. And so I mean, that's what TV that, used to be, folks. The thing that always that always kind of made me laugh about a show like 24 was like, when I think back to like an hour of my life, I'm like, I am not doing nearly that much. Like even at my most productive, like when did these people say for this hour, I'm going to stop and have lunch? Like <laughs> I'm no, taking Jack a Bauer doesn't eat. He does occasionally nap. I, I don't know him, about like, you guys. I just I, I had my second coffee. I got to go to the bathroom. Like you know, like like th like those kind of moments that are very human. I always think about those in in a lot of these movies and 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 TV shows. But like especially a show like Twenty Four, where it's like every single minute was ostensibly documented. That I was like, when did they go to the bathroom? <laughs> It's, they're on a different plot line when he does that. One of my favorite tricks that 24 does is that they do those simultaneous screens yeah. where they show like what all the characters are doing. And then very often they'll have like somebody coming out of a bathroom during those scenes. It's like, oh, we just missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, President Palmer. It's good to know you're a human <laughs> being. Uh, but now for Rick Reviews 24 season three. Uh, no, the, the I highly recommend 24 season one, two, and five. Okay. Your mileage may vary on other seasons of 24. <laughs> Dragon's Angel says only six episodes per season is fluffing stupid. It's just not enough time to tell a decent story and usually lose the plot by episode three or four. It's just not good. I think that six episodes has worked in other formats like British shows. Um, and so I'm surprised to be in full agreement with you here, which is to say that I think Marvel and Star Wars have really suffered with six episodes. They can't get going enough. I think it's one of the reasons Andor is so good is because they gave them, I think it's 13 or 14 episodes. And so they could really kind of go slow and take their time with character development. And clearly they did have a story for Andor. And I think that's why it stands out as the best Star Wars show by far. Um, but six episodes is short, definitely. Okay, so behind the scenes now, I'm looking at a different article. Um, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you all about Disney today, and that is that Bloomberg and Business Week put out an article earlier this week called, Has Bob Iger Lost the Magic? 
which was subheaded Disney's legendary CEO came out of retirement to save the company right in time for its 100th birthday, but nothing has gone his way. And it has a uh, like photoshopped image of Bob Iger in the Mickey Mouse Sorcerer's Apprentice outfit looking sad. So I'm oh. sorry you all have to miss that. Um, but it's a it's a paywalled article. But what was most interesting to me is how it got picked up in my neck of the woods in gaming, because apparently <clears throat> some of Bob Iger's lieutenants, some of his C-level executives or presidents have wanted Disney to get into video gaming. And for those of you that don't know the video gaming space that well or don't know Disney's relationship to it, it probably makes sense to you to say, hey, yeah, Disney has a lot of great intellectual property. Why don't they have a video game arm? Because video gaming is one of the most profitable industries on earth. It's more profitable than movies and music, for those that don't know. Uh, and the answer to that is a little bit complicated, but Disney has tried to be in video games a number of times, most recently with the Disney Infinity product and Avalanche Studios that helped make this Toys to Life game where you would buy little Disney characters and they would go into little Disney worlds and you could build those worlds up and play as different characters in different worlds. And it was moderately successful, but not as successful as they wanted it to be. And so they shut down the whole thing. Hmm. Disney stopped making video games entirely, saying effectively to their investors, we know what we're good at. We can put audiovisual materials on screens of various sizes, but we're not good at interactive gaming. And so what they did is they took their intellectual property and then licensed it out to other people. Um, most predominantly early on, they licensed it out exclusively to Electronic Arts, a company that makes FIFA, makes Madden, makes sports titles, makes Need for Speed, and has made other large intellectual properties uh, of a sort in Dead Space and Mirror's Edge and some other things that you might have heard of. But they're a very big publisher, not quite as big as Activision, which Microsoft is currently purchasing, but very big. And they gave Star Wars, they gave the Star Wars license to Electronic Arts for 10 years. And you may have seen a virtual legality episode that I did <clears throat> that talked about Disney revoking that exclusivity to give Star Wars to other people. So there's currently a Ubisoft Star Wars game being worked on. And Star Wars has appeared, I think, in other places that are escaping me right now. But that Electronic Arts isn't the sole gatekeeper for. And so it might come as a surprise to hear that one of the companies that the lieutenants at Disney have told Bob Iger to consider purchasing is Electronic Arts. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you all about is that while that might be surprising because Electronic Arts effectively failed at delivering enough Star Wars products for Disney to be happy, <clears throat> it is often the case that when you work with somebody like that closely enough, and Disney might have been unhappy with Electronic Arts, but they did work closely with them, that that kind of closeness can lead to a, an acquisition or a merger in the future because one of the things that the bigger company can think is they have a lot of good parts, but they aren't being managed properly. And so while I think Electronic Arts failed Disney, Disney could be looking at them and saying they have a lot of good software developers. They've made successful products. Most recently this year, Jedi Survivor released and was very successful. That was released by Electronic Arts. They lost their exclusivity, not the right to make Star Wars games entirely. And Disney might look at this and say, well, why are we licensing it out? Why are they getting the bulk of the money when we should be getting the bulk of the money? It's our intellectual property. And Electronic Arts is a company that we know well, but just needs new management. So it's a possibility. But I do think it's an unlikely because Bob Iger is said to be non-committal about a potential deal. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to talk to you all about today in Hangouts and Headlines was the fact that 
it makes a whole lot of sense for Disney to want to get into gaming because gaming is so big. Disney has tried to be in gaming multiple times and failed internally. So they'd be looking at new tool sets to get into gaming outside of what they've already got in the company. But Electronic Arts may not be a great fit because they don't have their own products that are super popular outside of sports right now. And Disney most recently had a breakup with them, essentially. They had a relationship that was at best fractious and at worst kind of hostile. They had a, they had exchanges of PR that we covered in virtual legality. But the actual reporting from Bloomberg, as reported on by Games Industry Biz, because Bloomberg is behind a paywall, is that Disney is reportedly looking to acquire Electronic Arts or a company of a similar scale as a way back into games publishing. Electronic Arts is also known in this space for discussing potential acquisition plans with Disney last year, as well as NBC Universal, Amazon, and Apple. Now, these aren't confirmed rumors, folks, and everything that is reported right now from both Bloomberg and from Games Industry Biz, where I'm reading this article, is effectively just kind of regurgitating those rumors. But Electronic Arts is thought to be thinking of selling itself to one of these big tech players. And certainly, with Activision being sold to Microsoft, it appears to be an area of consolidation in the video game industry. And a lot of folks believe that's because the game companies themselves are undervalued for the profits that they can deliver to one of these big tech companies. So it's no surprise that a media company like Disney would also want to get involved with those kinds of conversations. But it does mean that there's potentially a lot of competition for somebody like Electronic Arts from companies that have more money and more available cash on hand than Disney. Mm. Disney is a big mm. company, the biggest media company on earth. But the biggest media company is not remotely as big as the biggest tech platform or other company that might be looking to purchase electronic arts. The other side of this is that Disney hasn't had success in the past. And so what we see in other places are things like IGN, a video game focused website and Forbes saying, oh, this would be a bad idea because Disney doesn't have success making video games. And if you take up Electronic Arts, they won't have success with just more and bigger tools and Electronic Arts won't be able to make their own stuff. So these articles are very interesting on that score. I think ultimately, when you look at questions like, could Disney buy Electronic Arts? The answer is undoubtedly yes. And people say, well, they don't have enough cash on hand. One thing that's important to note is although Microsoft bought Activision for cash, they had the money and cash to pay for Activision, which is somewhat ridiculous. I think somebody just has $70 billion. But most of these companies will purchase the company with a portion of cash, a portion of taking on debt, and a portion of their own shares, right? So part of the story that we talked about earlier in this video is that Disney's shares are down. They're trying to get them up. That makes them less valuable in a deal context. But if Disney were to have some kind of increase in their share price, increase in the value of their company, they would have more leverage to purchase other companies with their shares rather than cash. Hmm. So I know math is fun for everybody, but um, um, I think at the end of the day, Disney probably isn't in a position to make one of these acquisitions right now. Um, and if Bob Iger isn't interested in getting into gaming at all, it's not going to happen. But I don't think we can just dismiss these kinds of rumors out of hand because I think Electronic Arts does want to be sold. Activision being sold suggests that Electronic Arts is likely to be sold. Hmm. And then the question isn't, do you think it's good for, do you think consolidation is good for the industry? If it's going to happen, do you think Disney is a good caretaker of the Electronic Arts intellectual property portfolio is the better question. And I think the IGNs and the Forbeses of the world are perhaps a little bit too conservative about what needs to happen for most of these companies to survive in whatever 
whatever the market looks like for media consumption in the future, right? And Disney licensing out its properties is working. There's some free to play games that I really like, like Motor Storm, I think it's called, and uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley hmm. that are using the intellectual property in a way that I think is going to make that company a fortune, Gameloft, the company that makes them. But Disney will look at those and say, well, we should be doing this ourselves. And I think it's a big possibility that they will ultimately decide to do it themselves in the future. Will they do it with Electronic Arts? I don't know. Will they do it with a different company? I don't know that as, uh, either. But a lot of these articles that you're reading on this particular topic are a little too dismissive of the possibility that Disney could get into one of these situations. And Bob Iger, whether you love him or hate him, is definitely known as an acquisitive CEO. He's the one that purchased Lucasfilm. He's the one that purchased Marvel. This is the kind of thing that in general he's liked historically, although he might be yeah. a little bit past that time in his life. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I, I think it's worth noting in this space because Electronic Arts is also known as <clears throat> one of the most hated companies in America for a time. It, it won that award like three years running, I think, in the early 2015 area. Um, but Disney's going to be looking to fix some of its problems because the other articles that you can't read that I had up were about Disney fixing streaming, streaming and losing it money, Disney trying to fix its parks. The parks are down post-pandemic yeah. and investing in those parks and increasing the prices there. And so Disney is scrambling around a little bit. And from my perspective, <clears throat> gaming makes a lot of sense for them to get back into and I don't think that they have the capacity as a company right this second to actually make good video games at a good cadence. So buying someone up that can make video games, I think is probably a pretty likely avenue in the future, but it might I not mean, be what Bob yeah. Iger pursues. It, it does kind of make sense that if, if you're, if, if you have, if you have resources and you don't have the infrastructure set up, you just buy the infrastructure from someone else so that you can get into it and, and, and then develop it from that point. Makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think that Electronic Arts and some of the other big publishers that have this skill set are probably undervalued for what folks are seeing is the likely future of media consumption. Um, but I'm a fan of games. So, you know, take that with whatever grain of salt that you want. Makes sense. Now, Terry McLean asks an important question, Alita. When are we bringing L&D back? Ooh. We have any plans? I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask you that. <laughs> also, I, 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 when I saw this super chat, I, I hadn't realized that David was in the chat before. Um, so if you're still here, hi, David. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's Prototopics here. I mean, the, the one thing that I have said in the past is that, one, it's a little bit tricky to get the whole gang together on a regular basis. Right. right. And, and two, you know, I personally... I'm still coming up with what my cadence should be and what my patterns need to be yeah. in a way that functions for me, right? So yeah. I want to do this as much as possible. I want to do things like Lawyers and Dragons as much as possible. I love all the stuff that we've done on this channel. I also want to do new stuff that just kind of keeps the ball rolling uh, on being excited about this medium and 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 doing these various things. So it's, it's really a yeah. question of putting all those things together. And I will tell you, we have not had in-depth conversations about when that time frame might be if there is a time frame to talk about right. right but i think we're all open to it it's just a matter of what makes sense for everybody and everybody's trying yeah. to do things that make sense to them yeah because it is it is i mean because it is a, a a saturday stream you know on a on a regular basis when we do a, a full season you know we've got to generally commit to a season because it's like 
obviously things come up and sometimes you can't be there for, for a week or, you know, here or there, but generally speaking, we want to be there for the whole thing if we can. And so that's a commitment, not just from us, but also from our families. So there, there are some, some things to keep in, keep in consideration with all of that. We've got to fit all of that together. And also like, yeah, I mean, you figuring out your new cadence and like how, how, like what you can handle without burning out. That's also a very important thing. That's why I haven't, I haven't pushed for it. You know, other than like at the end of season two, I think I, I, I DM'd him was like, Hey, just so you know, I would love to do a season three if, if the conversation comes up, but like beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, you know, um, it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're all being patient with like what everybody can handle together. Oh yeah. So, but I think, I think generally speaking, everybody has a really good time with it. So, you know, it's. It's it's something that we all we all enjoy and would love would love to reprise if, if we can work it out. Oh yeah. I think so. And everybody's been super kind to me behind the scenes because <clears throat> I have not been the easiest person to figure out whether I'll be available on any given day or not. Even now, I try to plan these hangouts and headlines like within a 24 hour period because one of the things my therapists have talked to me about is the the trick right now is variability. I, I don't really know how I'm going to wake up mm. in terms of spoon level, energy level and functionality. And so working around that is a trick in and of itself. So I try to plan things, but always with a kind of probably, but variable uh, behind it. So even these kind of showing up on time is it's a big win. We're very excited about being on these shows when I say that I'm going to be on these shows and whatnot. So yeah. we'll try to bring lawyers and dragons back, but everybody's been great behind the scenes, certainly. Chris Mullen, thank you for gifting memberships on the channel. I really, really appreciate it. <clears throat> and yeah, folks, I, I think we have moved into the second Hangouts portion of the show. I apologize for not having more of the articles that you can see or quotes that I can show you. Um, Judy, you got this. Have you seen Prototopic Star Wars? Tabletop role-playing game, Clash of Destiny. It's amazing. I have. He tweets about it regularly. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, I have seen it. Uh, I think I've told this story, but David's Star Wars content was what originally got me in touch with him to do Lawyers and Dragons. He's fantastic. You know he's fantastic, but his Star Wars mm -hmm. stuff is great. Check out the Prototopics channel. Absolutely. Chris says, you are welcome. Patty says, I rewatch LND playlist every night. So I go to sleep laughing and wake up laughing. Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Shireen says, thank you, Alita and Rick for being here today. I really needed this today. You wouldn't believe it. I, I'm more than happy to be here, Shireen. Thank you for being here. I'm sorry that things are tough. Uh, I love doing hangouts and headlines with y'all. Love to have Alita here on the channel. Yeah, love popping in when I can. Just scanning through the chat here. So yeah, folks, let me know what you think about Electronic Arts. Let me know what you think about Disney or 5Ks or anything in between. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting topic. The video game industry is going to get more and more attention uh, in the near future because it's clear that the companies are willing to sell and there's a lot of cash and money out there for companies that are either in the gaming industry already or adjacent to it, like technology, like software platforms 
it wouldn't surprise me to see an Apple or a Google or a even an Amazon make a purchase at this point of a publisher that just wants to cash out essentially. And that these companies are going to become tech companies more and more. Uh, now you don't have to love that. You don't have to think that's a great idea for your video gaming, but I do think it's a reality that we're going to be looking at. Certainly. Makes sense. Arnold says he's playing Baldur's Gate one while listening old school. I like it. I like it. Heck of a year for video games. Certainly. Uh, and the 2023 game of the year is going to be crazy either on this channel or elsewhere, but Baldur's Gate one is a classic. So enjoy Ardo. Nice. <laughs> well, I think I, Probably Indy has given me some some signals that she needs to go. Uh, she she's got to go outside. So I probably should head out. But this has been wonderful um, to be here. So thanks so much for having me, Rick. Oh no problem, Alita. Thank you so much for coming. And yeah, I'm going to be ending the stream very shortly. So I oh I got the I, I got the reminder page kind of up. It's hey. it's clear that the stream yard is having trouble because it's only showing like half the slides. Uh, but um, I just wanted to make sure I got to the super chats and the memberships and everybody else. If I missed any, let me know. I'm going to try to go through and make sure that I have said all the ones that are in the various tabs here. Uh, Marvin, I think while I was gone with a very generous super chat, browsers can usually restore a previous session. It would be in history. Can you perhaps save it? Hmm. I have not done that in the past. Um, so I'll, I'll look at the various buttons after the stream. I haven't had to deal with this problem before, so I'll, I will try to restore it. But I think it's really StreamYard is not talking to the screen properly, even when I try to bring mm. it up. So it may, it may be a situation where you have to just restart the whole system. Yep. Restarting the computer would take a minute, believe me. <laughs> Yep, I've had to do that during a stream. That sucked. <laughs> yeah, never fun. And I think I did hit everybody. Again, apologies for missing a number of them during the last Hangouts and Headlines. I'm going to try to keep these remember slides up so that I keep everything in front of me and we get all the proper acknowledgments for all the people that make this channel possible. Thank you so much to my friend Alita at Legal Bites for coming oh, over. What, what do you got going on at Legal Bites, Alita? Uh, I am I am working right now on a video about Trevor Bauer um, and his his Me Too accuser. Um, oh yeah, it, we talked about yeah. that. That was one of the last things I did on your channel before. The yeah, trouble. yeah. So they they just they just settled last week, um, and all all kinds of information came out um, with. He came out with a video statement that went viral, and then she did a couple interviews afterwards, which is just crazy because that normally doesn't happen in a case like this. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of information that is available to, to analyze. Um, and, uh, and it, it, it doesn't look good for the accuser. Let's just, let's just say that, but I'm, I'm working on a video and it's going to be coming out, um, in the next, next few days. So hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, Shireen makes a good point here. How, how does it feel, Alita, to crack open the Menendez case again for the entire world, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been nice. It's been nice. It's been, you know, on Mondays. So for anybody that doesn't know, on Mondays, I do uh, 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 a series called Classic Trials. And the first trial that we started with like a year ago is the Menendez trial. I've been doing it once a week in like three to four hours. I think the longest one was like a five hour stream. Um, but basically to it, doing it in smaller segments so that we can kind of work our way through it. And right now we are up to the point of Eric Menendez's testimony. And it has been crazy. Like, I feel like there was also like a trial within the trial, like not even having to do with the actual defendants, but like one of the witnesses, um, Dr. Ozeal, who, who is the one who, who, who Eric had confessed to about this, uh, about the, 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 the killings um is like a, a whole like character on his own and so it's just it's it's been a it's been a very long journey but it's been a really good one and and i was very very young when the trial happened so i didn't really know much about it other than like what i had kind of basically like the 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 overarching highlighting points you know that that everybody kind of knew about it um and it's been crazy to dig into it really it really has been i really think that this case is is one that that would have been decided very differently had it had it happened today. Yeah, and it's been great. I've only been able to pop into a few, but if you're interested in that, check it out on Legal Bites. I think it's fascinating. And the Menendez trial is being reexamined <clears throat> on a macro level um, in the same yeah. time period that Alita is looking at it. So it's it's a very interesting kind of news item at the same time. So, yeah. folks. Thank you, Alita, for dropping in. Check out yeah. her channel. Against the Tide is putting your links up in the chat as well. Oh, so thank, thank you for that, Against the Tide. Um, check out the channel. And I will see you on the next Hangouts and Headlines or Virtual Legality, which probably is going to be next week. Still trying to do these weekly, but we will see. And I apologize for the technical difficulties. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me today.